Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back to the Well-Rounded Wealth Podcast. We are on episode number 17 today, and today we are going to be talking about routine versus flexibility, why each component is great and beneficial in your life, and while also it can be detrimental. So, uh, Jack, how are we doing today? We are doing great. I'm excited to talk about this. I've been having a lot of flexibility in my life lately. I've been very much <laughs> on the flexibility side, and I was excited talk talking with you about doing this because that's definitely where you and I, I think, differ. We both come together, but I think I naturally come from a place of more flexibility than routine, and I believe, speak for yourself, that you come from more of a origin of routine than flexibility. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I definitely do. And that was good. I'm <laughs> yeah, I I'm trying to get away from it as being as rigid as I have been in the past, but I'm definitely the person that's like, all right, if I want to get something done, I need to do XYZ in the day to get it started and whatever it is. Yeah. So, yes. Totally. I definitely come from the routine background. <laughs> well, from that background and that perspective, especially because I see a lot of things in my social media feed, for example, of, you know, you got to do this, this, and this every day. You got to be on top of it. You got to be very structured, disciplined, routine. So I feel like a lot of people might be hearing you say that and say, why would you want to get away from that? It seems like you're doing everything right and everything that some people want to strive towards doing. Exactly. And when I was doing research for this and even just reflecting on myself, and how I have used routines to get to places where I want to be. I came across this realization and it was that when I have minimalism in my routines. So speaking of the social media, you'll see people like you need to wake up, you need to make your bed, brush your teeth, drink your AG1 latte, whatever the fuck mix it is, <laughs> and then jump in the cold shower and go for a run and eat clean XYZ. And then at noon, you go and do meditation. And then at night, you do whatever. Like, if you stack too many routines, I think it detracts from the journey of getting to your goal or getting to where you want to be. So looking back on this, what I do and where I've been most successful in my routines is it's simple. It is the two or three things that every day I know I have to do. And when I do those things, it typically happens earlier in the day. And I'll touch on why that's a key component happening earlier in the day. But having it, having those two or three things that you are focused on and that you know you have to check your box every day that's where you get the most output per input of the routine. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's where I have been trying to focus on getting better at. Because I don't know about you, but especially through my teen years of growing up at home, I never, I never really scheduled anything. I just kind of did my days and just was like, okay, what, for example, being in school, what homework do I have to do? That is due when for like class projects or, you know, and my play and musical stuff, I got to memorize these lines by then. And it would just be in my head. I didn't write it down an agenda or a calendar. I didn't 
do any of that stuff. And even today, I don't really have my official life of me calendar of everything I got going on. I write things, I just jot things down in my notes and mm. I do a pretty good job of knowing what's going on and what I got to do, but I don't structure it out. And that I actually want to do more because I feel like that would be healthy. And so I guess my question for you is, do you do that? And if you already do, is that something you want to keep doing? Yes, it is something I do. And I want to be controlled about it because I think a big disconnect when people hear routines is they hear all these routines from all these people that are super fitness gurus or business gurus or self-development gurus that they do all these things. But when you're, especially when you're first starting out, I think you need to just focus on those two or three things. So like my non-negotiables in the morning are I get up and I will move my body in some way, shape or form. So I'll go for a run. I'll do yoga. I'll even go for a walk. I'll lift whatever it is. That is the one thing that I know I need to get my day going and get it started. And then I also have things at night where it's no social media, no phone an hour before I go to bed. And the reason I think being simplistic in your routines is so powerful is because it gives you that winner's effect mindset but it also doesn't overwhelm you because what I do with my to-do list and my checklist, I write, I have a to-do list. Okay. So I have a master to-do list is kind of what I call it. Okay. And it is everything I want to do and want to get done. But there is. I, in what time frame? In a day or a week? Just whenever. Okay. Okay. And that's 30 things long. So that I can put everything on there okay. that I need to. But then I have a two-day to-do list. There, every day, there's only two or three things. And those two or three things are the things that I know I want to get done. And I and I just simple it, simplify it down so that I give myself the ability to actually check the boxes instead of being like, oh, I'm doing this, but I know I'm not going to have enough time to do this, so... I'm starting on this and then I don't finish it, but I have to go to the next project. Mm -hmm. But then there's also another project and I think you just get lost in the overwhelm of having too much to do. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's funny you say that because I feel like sometimes I get lost in not having it as a list at all and having the to-do list of my mind. Because for example, I wake up this morning and I go, okay, like recording well-rounded wealth. Oh, I also got to do some research on this camera for my job. I also got to check in with my job and see when I need to pick something up from a store. And then, uh, oh, I, I got to eat. So I got to do that. Got to <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta yeah. shower. Got to try to squeeze in a workout at some point. Also got to prep for this workshop that I'm doing tomorrow. Oh, there's like 50 pages of reading that I got to prep for for that work. So I just kind of have all these things jumbled up and like, oh, and I have to edit some reels for this thing. So like that's, that is literally my structure today. And that I feel like maybe I should write all this down and have a visual and check it off <laughs> a little bit instead of just kind of 
you know, everything's up in the air and I kind of feel like I'm just kind of grabbing at what I can. Okay, do this, do that, do that. And while I've been doing like, I'm probably halfway through that list today, maybe more. Mm-hmm. But then, but still, it's been, I, you know, I'm kind of, at least the way that I think in my head, I would probably look like, oh, this, this, like, <laughs> that's me, you know? It's like, oh crap, I gotta do the next thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, kind of always looking around. That That's my brain, you know? It's just kind of like, here, here, here. And I feel like, you don't yours is a different kind of stressed i don't feel like you're kind of all over i feel like maybe you just you're almost too hyper focused on multiple things at once yeah and that's that is why i started dumbing down my to-do list because i used to be like that i used to have five plus things on my to-do list because i knew i wanted to get it done but I think there's also a difference between separating your habitual routines versus, well, I guess this is getting more in the separation between to-do lists and routines, but my routines don't necessarily fall on my to-do list. So eating, showering, and working out. Those are my non-negotiables right. that I, will, I I do every day, no matter what. You're doing Doesn't it. Matter. It's happening. It's it's in. It's locked. Yeah. And, and that's, routines are just, being disciplined about your priorities. So if you're, if you say you have a routine, that means that nothing else is going to get, or you're eliminating the other factors that could interfere with completing that routine. Mm -hmm. So before I do anything, I know I have to work out and that allows me to, even though it's not on my to-do list, it allows me to be more productive in tackling my to-do list. So yet I can now, knowing that I can be hyper-focused on the two or three things that I want to do in today. That makes sense. And I would say on my end for that, everything's in its own category, you know, because I don't have anything in a list. So the non-negotiables are in the same category as my for today to do things, if that makes sense. So you have different, so it's everything in the list, but each of those items have a different weight almost. Yeah, but I don't, I can't really quantify what that weight is. Does that make sense? Because it's all, because yeah. it's not out there in front of me. I haven't actually kind of quantified a value to those things. They're all things to do. And the order is just, okay, well, what do I feel like? And then what's stressing me out the most, you know? <laughs> so then yeah. maybe maybe when I wake up really like in the morning, instead of immediately doing my workout and making that like the non-negotiable, that's definitely what I'm doing. And something else is really stressing me out. I'll do that first instead. Does that make sense? Interesting. Sometimes. Yeah. I, I get that rationale. And here is coming back to why... I think you do certain things in the morning or have certain things you can check your off your list in the morning is I came across this book called the winter effect by Ian Robinson. And there's a line, I'm going to read this off. It's a positive. So success of any kind changes the chemistry of the brain and it helps make you more focused, smarter, confident, and also aggressive. I don't, Take that as you may, but <laughs> not saying that <laughs> that's necessarily a good thing, but it, it helps you be more alert. Right. 
So in this book and in this, and what I found was that you hear the quote winners win. It's because when they have accomplished something, they're incentivized to accomplish something else because there is a good feeling with it. And then there's also on the inverse side, losers lose. If you go and try and tackle this stressful situation and say you don't complete it, you're so much less incentivized to go to the next thing unless it's you you have a fear factor of if I don't complete this, then X will happen. Right. So that's why I think it's really important to tackle something simple in the morning because it creates that chemistry in your brain that's like, I'm a winner. I, I did this. I got this done. So it gives me confidence. It makes me more focused. X, Y, Z. I think another great example of this have you watched that video with the Navy SEAL that says these are the 10 keys to a good life or, or may it's ringing a bell. Yeah. It's it's on YouTube. It's a really famous speech type in Navy SEAL talking about making your bed. So the first thing he says is if you want to be a winner, if you want to be successful, make your bed. Now I think that's true, but actual making your bed is not the, what makes you a winner. It's completing something that you know is a, is a check mark that propels you in the right direction. So I don't necessarily make my bed all the day, every day in the morning, but I do know that I get my routine thing done. I I check that box every morning. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Peterson says a similar thing. His is he's got the whole clean your room thing going on and that meets criticism because People will say, oh, yeah, I'll clean my room and I'll all of a sudden have my life together. And and then all of a sudden you hear that, like, well, you'll have it more together than having a messy room. And I <laughs> and boom. <laughs> and it's and I think it's exactly the same thing that you were saying with the Navy SEALs saying, make your bed, do something like have a goal, accomplish that goal on the daily even clean your, I don't clean my room every day. But when I was growing up, I never cleaned my room. My room was always super messy. Uh, not dirty, but messy for sure. Just clothes, you know, dirty clothes everywhere, bed not made. Cause, you know, my rationale is okay, well, why would I make my bed if I'm just gonna unmake it 10 hours later? <laughs> I thought the same Everyone's had way. that thought, right? <laughs> why, yeah. the, why the hell would I make this thing when it's only gonna be made for seven hours? I'll be right back in it. Who cares? And yep. and I'm sure, you know, that's I presented that argument to my mother, and that went exactly how you thought it would have gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hearing this. Get it, your ass up there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And but I also did learn. It's like, yeah, but it, it does help, and not just how you present yourself to other people. People, especially when, for example, if someone were to come into my room. I'd want it to look nice. I would want the bed made. But now it's I'm kind of trying to get into that motion more of, but also I should be making this bed for my own mentality of, okay, you know, something needs to be made. You should make it in your life. Because if you start applying that to the little things, to the daily things that everyone has in common, no matter who you are, you're, you know, you're getting out of a bed or a couch or the floor. You're, you're waking up, standing up. And there might be something 
that needs to be made, like a bed, a couch, fold a blanket, anything. And if you take that responsibility and start doing that, even just for yourself, then you'll start, I think, applying that to other things in your life too. 100%. And to build on your point of having a clean, I would call this, let's call it a workspace. All right. Yeah. Think oh, your, I like that. Yeah. Think of your room as your workspace, especially if you're someone who's working from a home office. This is super important because your the way your brain works is if it sees clutter, it will actually it, it will actually impose that kind of organizational thought process on your brain. So if your room and your desk is a mess, so is whatever work you're going to output on. And I'm not saying 100%, but statistically speaking, that is how your brain works. So, like, for me, my desk has nothing else on it besides my computer most of the time. And maybe a, a notepad. What are you laughing about? I'm just looking at my desk and all the fun miscellaneous items on it. Currently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yeah, nothing and- crazy. I, I got a notepad, my keys... Um, a couple pencils, all of our wires, but obviously. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't want to come across as like, if you have something else on your desk, it's going to mess up your brain function. You're no, never going to make that's, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm just speaking statistically. If you look at the research behind it and look at the chemistry and stuff that was in this book, The Winner's Effect, and, um, other studies that have been done, if you if you extrapolate that into what your environment is around you and then what your output or how you act, it has a it has a positive correlation. So I think it's important to have yourself organized in certain aspects. Otherwise it will detract from what you're trying to do. Yeah. So I kind of have, it's kind of a devil's advocate rebuttal because I have worked with people and known people throughout my life, uh, for example, who have offices or workspaces that are a complete mess for anyone walking in, but that person knows where everything is. Mm -hmm. It's a total mess, but they're able to operate under, for example, my theater director in high school, his workspace and everything, it was all over the place but he always knew where everything was and he worked hard and got his job done i guess people can pull it off maybe it could have been pulled off more efficiently well let me ask you this how was his and this is just curiosity how was his teaching style and how he conducted or if you have any insight the rest of his life I, I like, if don't you, have if insight you were, on the rest of his life. Teaching, like if you were to meet him out on the street, would he be like, ah, I got this going on and this going on and maybe like, kind of scatterbrain. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. And honestly, I I've been a similar way in my life, you know? That's and it's almost like this survival instinct that you you're so scattered, but somehow you're you've got it all pulled and hanging on by a thread in your brain, you know? So mm. I guess maybe 
it's not that you can't operate that way, but it's just maybe it would alleviate some stress and anxiety if you didn't. Yeah. I think there's definitely a case to be made for that. Because if you do know where your your acting director or, or film director, he could have been so accustomed to the space where he knows where everything is because it's habitual for him. Mm-hmm. If you went into the space and said, hey, grab me, grab me the, the gable with the light. And you're like, dude, you live like a hoarder. I have no clue where to find this. He's like, it's behind the box next to the lamppost under the book, whatever. The fuck it is. <laughs> under the book. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, how did you know that? He's like, I just know the space. Like, yeah. you could be so comfortable with where your environment is that in that environment, you have complete control. But the reason I asked the question is if you met him out in the street, is he scatterbrained? That could correlate because he's no longer in his, in his comfortable environment that now he's, he's uncomfortable and he doesn't know where everything is because his brain is not seeing the rest of the world, how he usually operates. I see what you're saying. I'd say potentially. Yeah. I'd say potentially. I don't know. For sure. And I don't want to dissect him that much. <laughs> not, not, no, I, he was awesome. I just like in a respect way. I don't want yeah. to get too much into an individual. I completely get it. Um, anyway, but so I think another thing we want to talk about, though, is definitely the flexibility part of it. Yeah. Because I think there is also a detriment to being too routine and too to-do list. I agree. And what's your what's your opinion on that? Yeah, so I would say my journey is kind of as I was getting older and older, I realized it was getting harder and harder for me to get through my days in a sane manner. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh junior, specifically my junior year of college, I started realizing that I was just so scatterbrained. My room was a mess. My grades, they, for in my for my terms of good grades, my grades were struggling a little bit, and I remember calling. I remember talking to my roommates actually, and I told them I was like, "Guys, I think I don't know. Do you guys ever think maybe I have ADHD or anything like that?" And they all just <laughs> looked at each other and looked at me, and they said, "We're not doctors, but you have it." <laughs> <laughs> Because and and my brain is wired in that way. I can pace and walk around my bedroom or the apartment or the kitchen like nobody's business. I can be in my own world for a long time and and accomplish nothing productive. I can do it's it. Called, it's called Jackland. It is if, called uh, Jackland. Anyone's wondering. <laughs> <laughs> there, we notorious. might have listeners who know what it is. <laughs> well, I'm sure <laughs> who we <know> do. Me. <laughs> we definitely do. Anyone that knows me knows what Jackland is. And it's where maybe people relate. Maybe people have their own lands where you just kind of doze off, whether you're in the middle of a conversation, in the middle of class, in the middle of a meeting, and you're just in your own little world thinking about God knows what is essentially what my Jackland is. And it's going to your own place. What I love about Jackland is I that is where some of my creativity shines. That's where I think most creatively because I'm just so out there and I'm thinking of things, imagining things. So 
anyways to jump because I don't want to get too into it. But I eventually called my parents and I was like, guys, I think I might have ADHD. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I do. So we went, uh, met with the doctor and she was like, yeah, in a way. And by in a way, you have it. <laughs> and, and then <laughs> and then I um, was prescribed an ADHD medication and I was concerned to go on it. And here was my argument. I've made it this far without it. And I'm very happy with the person that I am and my person. I'm happy with my personality, happy with the way I present myself. I'm happy about the ideas I've come up with and the way I've excelled creatively. I was scared going on medication would make me lose that a little bit. And I didn't want to yeah. lose that. And I think I maybe you definitely, our friend Clayton, I said I was going on the medication. And some of my friends at Elon, I said, please pay attention and see if I change. Like if my personality shifts, I said, cause I, that's not worth the sacrifice for me is if going on any medication starts shifting who I am, how I present myself. Um, luckily they've said no. Um, <laughs> and I think you probably agree. Yeah. I would still say you're the same person. Yeah. It's just, I think, and that's really aware to be able to say like, Hey, I like who I am. And, I don't want this thing to change me because even though it might change you for the better in one aspect, it could definitely have a detriment on a converse end. And I think that's, that's apparent with all medication. Yeah. <laughs> so totally. kudos to you for that. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, it's a jump from a story about medication and some flexibility. So when I started it, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I do need this. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and then I started to realize how often I would, doze off in the past versus now today and i still do it you know it still happens and that's just not going to change and my dosage is low and i'm not going higher i'm very satisfied with where i'm at and yeah but yeah that's but that's also just my flexibility in me that's my lack of routine because i'm just so i'm just like a very haphazard person you know like in my head i'm just kind of like walking down the street like you know, anything can happen, but I'll just keep walking with a smile on my face. Oh, yeah. It, it is great to see. It looks like he's in a movie where nothing else matters, and then he's the Disney character skipping along. <laughs> like, what is that guy on? That's so funny. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. But uh, I do want to run an idea by you, though. If you, Yeah. Do you have something? No, no, go so ahead. I've kind of been implementing this in the past few months. I think it's been working well, but... I have been playing around with this concept I'm calling routine routine flexibility. Okay. So I have the things within my day that I know I'm doing at that certain time. But then I'm also planning for that time where I can do whatever. Right. Whatever comes to mind. Like if I need to take a nap, great. If I want to go read, great. If I want to go shoot the shit with someone else, great. Yeah. But it's just that time for me to do whatever. And I think it works on a daily basis. And if you draw a week or month out, it works on a weekly and monthly basis. So maybe more of my Sundays are my routine flexibility or once a month is my routine flexibility weekend where I'm not doing any work or I'm not, or not even necessarily work. It's just, I don't have any plan, but I have the, if I have the impulse to go for a hike 
or I really want to go work on this project, then I can do it. Yeah. It's so funny because in my prep for this episode, I thought of this exact idea. Because <laughs> um, I mean, when we had that theme, was, I was like, okay, it's probably the healthiest thing is probably do something in the middle, right? Like <laughs> have a routine, but also build in space to be flexible. For example, if someone, if you got your really strict routine and a friend of yours says like, hey, this, uh, there's this show coming up or like, or like uh your your favorite our favorite stand-up comedians in town and he's playing right by us let's go see him and you're like nope sorry but my my calendar says i gotta I work do a night workout and could i reschedule that for maybe earlier yes but no my i'm not being flexible here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know it's so i think it's that's also just being able to find that balance of allowing for flexibility and because also spontaneity i wanted to bring up because i have a very spontaneous lifestyle it, for example you know moving down here <laughs> was kind of <laughs> was kind of a little spontaneous and i think spontaneity is fun i think it's important in my life it spontaneity and excess can be dangerous if you don't check yeah. yourself and if you're going at it with no routine. For example, if I move down here without any plan <laughs> at all. Showing up. Yeah, if I just showed up down here. And, I mean, in full honesty, I didn't have a foolproof plan. Plan B hit, like, day five. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, walk, walk us through what plan A was and then plan B. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I'm comfortable talking about this now. And it's funny, the first couple podcasts in our virtual setting, this was all going on. And I almost was freaking out so much, I almost didn't want to do the episodes. But when I first got down here, I was interviewing to become an insurance sales agent um, for this company called State Farm, you know, the good neighbors, if you will. And I, my final round was like the day after I moved into this apartment down here in Atlanta. And it had been about a month and a half process, pretty much. And at this point, I was feeling pretty confident. I, I didn't think I had it in the bag. And that final interview, at least in my opinion, could not have gone better. I thought it went super well. She was the owner of the firm, of that specific firm. And I just thought it went super well. The talk was, it kind of felt like a when you start, not an if you start. Um, so I kind of left feeling awesome. I was like, don't want to say I got it. But in my head, I thought there was a pretty good chance I got it. Uh, Jump forward like four days, didn't get it. I got a little cookie cutter email that said, you didn't get the job, essentially. Sorry. Um, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, then, and then I had a backup job, some one of those BS direct marketing maybe some people listening my age have heard of that it's door-to-door -door sales essentially is the cover for what it is and i that was my backup job and i went to the orientation for that right before i got the email that i got a no from state farm and at the end of the orientation for the backup job i said to myself even if i don't get state farm i don't think i can do this job and then I proceeded not to get State Farm. So, boom. <laughs> so, you actually implemented Plan C. <laughs> yes. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. So yeah, plan. So then plan C went into action, but it was super stressful. And I was like, you know, like, you know how I walk down the street, just, you know, clueless with a smile on my face. Now I'm walking down the street, clueless and terrified. (laughs) (laughs) And this Um, is where the dark turn in the Disney movie comes in. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this is like the second act where like, you know, the hero's friend dies and he has to decide whether or not he wants to rise up, <laughs> rise up to the challenge. And by walking down the, sh- that's not even a metaphor. Cause what I started to do was I printed out copies of my resume and started walking through the streets of Atlanta, walking into restaurants, handing them my resume saying, please hire me to hustle some tables was essentially what I started doing just kind of as a freak out slash plan there was a plan and it did work i have been serving tables at a restaurant for the past two and a half months or so oh yeah let's address this jack got a got jack got a real job yeah yeah i did get a real job (laughs) hooray not that serving tables is not a real job (laughs) that was a really that's a A real real job and a challenging job a real job you wanted (laughs) yeah a, a job that i really wanted yeah i'm actually working for your uncle i was just in charleston for the past couple days doing some really cool production work so that's been really fun and really awesome um so yeah but for example that was so spontaneous however when shit did hit the fan and i i guess enacted plan c i really did have to buckle down schedule my days all right we're waking up at 6 30 doing our workouts with cole and then eating breakfast showering and then we are Get it. We are networking. We are going on to my alumni network for my school. We are reaching out to anyone, everyone who's in the Atlanta area. We are applying to at least 10 companies a day. And then I shifted towards, let's try to do something of what I actually want to do. The original plan was get that job, even though I don't want to be a sales agent. It paid well, and it was basically save and invest in things that I can build my arsenal towards acting and production and the industry that I really want to build towards. That was plan A. So then plan C was just like, okay, do everything you can to get in there now because now I have nothing to lose. And so, yeah, that made me regimented. Basically, when my back was put against a wall, it forced me to be more routine because I felt like if I didn't, I I would literally be dead in the water. I kind of had to be. Yeah. That's a good point. I I think there are seasons of routine and flexibility. So for you, perfect example, your season of routine was, shit, I need to get a job. I need everything to go exactly how I want to map it out to ensure ultimate, to ensure my probability of success. And Mm -hmm. then there's also phases where you don't necessarily have a end place in mind. You're kind of in this phase of life where I could do this, I could do that, but I want to let my creative juices flow so that I find inspiration in certain things. And I think that's important. And that's you bringing up the creativity in, in Jackland mm-hmm. is great because most people don't have that after they get out of their kind of childhood ages. Yeah. And that's, that was something I think I was detrimented by, especially in college. I was so anal about being in routines. Like mm-hmm. I would wake up a certain time. I would 
do work and then I would do school work and then I'd go to school and then I'd have lacrosse practice and then I'd go back home and do work and then I'd go to sleep and then I'd get up and do it again. And it was just on repeat. So if you're stuck in that repeat phase of this again and again and again and again, eventually you're going to look back and be like, what the hell just happened over the past month or hopefully not years? Yeah. Crap. I've just been following this routine where I haven't even been thinking for myself, but I've just been doing because I think it was the right thing to do. And it was my, it developed into, instead of a routine I wanted to adapt, it developed into a routine I subconsciously adapted to. Yeah, that totally makes sense, especially the repetition, because I think what could be detrimental in a routine is where it's the same thing and there's no skills generated towards innovation within the routine that you have of so like for example put in your routine okay i'm gonna do something new in this period i'm gonna reach out to someone new i'm gonna research something new i'm gonna learn about something new i'm gonna try to like expand my horizons within my routine because plenty of people have routines where it's just the same thing every day and there's nothing there's nothing increasing. There's no exponential and or even linear increase. It's just a horizontal line. Yeah. There's no nuance to it. So that's why I also say it's it's seasonal because there are those things that, okay, this is my priority to achieve this priority. I know I have to do X, Y, and Z each day. For for me, it has a great example. The Ironman. Yeah. I had to yeah, train I wanted to ask about that. two or three times a day. And I'm speaking from experience on this one. It's I had to get up and do one of my exercises in the morning. Right. Otherwise, I would not have time throughout the rest of the day to do it. So I got up, even though I didn't want to sometimes, I hopped on the bike or I went out for a run. During lunch, I would have to go swim. During the night, I would go lift or go run again or go bike, whatever it is. But if I didn't do that stuff, I would 100% have not been more, have been prepared for this big feat. And those are the, those are the times when you need that routine and kind of just let your body and your mind go on autopilot so that you can get that stuff done. But the important thing is to know that, hey, this phase of my life, I'm going into this autopilot mode. So being able to go in and out, associate and dissociate with routine and flexibility, I think is very important and pretty insightful. Yeah, I I love that. That's It made me think of this, especially I like the idea of the seasonal aspect of it, but also when you were so strictly routined, when you were so regimented, it was because it was towards something big something where you had to do more. And within that routine, you weren't doing the same workouts every day. You were increasing and increasing and increasing what you were doing for your swim, run, bike. You were going longer and longer distances for longer and longer amounts of time. And it was kind of a build. And and yeah, that's a very seasonal thing. That's obviously one goal and then it ends. And then I guess you could just train for another one. Yeah. <laughs> Theoretically. You could keep... Yeah, 100%. If you enjoy the routine so much that you want it to be a part of your everyday life, like for me, it's working out. 
So I know, and it doesn't have to be this specific workout. It can be a workout, Mm -hmm. right? I know I just have to move my body in some way, shape, or form pretty much every day. So that is something you can adapt to and put as part of your daily routine, but it doesn't have to be rigid unless you are working towards that goal. Yeah, true. But also, and we're definitely speaking for ourselves, but I guess for people listening, it's it's just whatever works for you, you know, because everyone's different because I know even you and I, what works for you doesn't entirely work for me and vice versa because we're just different people because we do have we do have that background of the way we think in general too and maybe there are other people for example there's i know there's uber ironman runners right there are people who mm-hmm. run one and then they start training for their next one and their next one their next one and their next one but maybe maybe they're so happy doing that maybe that's where they are getting their utility and and life satisfaction so oh, yeah like Maybe maybe for some people, routine is strict routine is better than more routine and flexibility, or vice versa. Maybe there's people that excel more when they're flexible rather than being more routined. So on that sense, I think I think there can be an underlying principle behind a routine but it's more physiological or psychological. And I keep going back to workout because everyone wants to feel good and feel healthy, right? Right. So your underlying routine is that I have to be active. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it to the same extreme. I do it. Like you do it, say, I don't know, four or five times a week. I might do it. I might work out 10 times a week, whatever it is. Right. But it's still the underlying routine of health and that is my priority there or mentally it could be journaling it could be meditation it could be reading so i think there's an underlying thing that you just need to be a it i wouldn't say you should but it would be beneficial for people to be aware of and learn why to adapt or why to accept part of those features into your routine. But again, conversely, I think it's also really important to schedule that flexibility. Yeah. Because otherwise you do run into the route race of, I've been doing the same thing for too long and crap, I'm 50. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's totally true. And yeah, I do agree I know for me, it's better better for me overall to be somewhere in the middle. And I think you kind of agree with, I know you agree with that too. That's what we've been talking about all episode. I guess I just kind of went into that deep. Well, I have my own way of thinking and my own way of doing things. And I'm figuring out how I work still to this day on what what lifestyles are best fitting for me. And, you know, we we all have different we all have different shoe sizes, you know, so there's going to be a different shoe that fits for someone else. Yeah. For you, what are some of the non-negotiables in your day that if you have any, you know, that you either feel better or know you do every day that you yeah. have or want to implement? That's actually a really good question. Cause I was thinking about it when we talked about it earlier. Cause I used to have, 
uh, jump rope for my workout. I know when we started this podcast, I was doing it every day. And then since I moved down here, I got more into weightlifting and that was becoming a non-negotiable. I've been doing that every day, except for this past week, because I've been having to travel and there's been literally no way for me to do it. And today I have not been back yet. And that's usually a non-negotiable. And for example, right now, after we do this episode, I've got other things that I got to do. So I don't know if I'm going to fit that in. So there right now it's funny this literally this week just because of the craziness of my schedule i'm losing i'm just now starting to lose track of my non-negotiables which was kind of cracking me up as we were getting closer and closer this episode that's yeah see i think that's even to point this out is why it's so important to have the underlying principle as your routine and not the specific action because for you hypothetically you could have done up some push-ups I'm sure yeah, you could have found I five, could have. I could have done like some some push-ups, some calisthenics or something like that. Yeah, and let's say you are traveling for – or let's say you have a job that you're traveling in, right? Your job mm-hmm. requires a lot of travel. I am still going to stand by my argument that moving your body and, and working out is going to be beneficial for not only your health but for your cognitive function the rest of the day. So it could be a hotel gym. It could be going for a run. It could be doing some push-ups in your room. Whatever it is, like moving your body. So you can be adaptable with it, but the underlying principle of I have to move my body is still that foundation. Yeah. But I do want to ask you, what are some of the – what's a story that comes to mind when you think of spontaneity or flexibility? Oh, that's a fun question. Um, I would say – a story that comes to mind for me is one visiting the friends at the colleges, uh, especially my buddies at Chapel Hill. Those were almost all decided on the day of. Uh, my buddy Clayton, the guy, episode four was our guest. Sometimes we just call and catch up, and he's like, "Oh yeah, like we're." Our fraternity is doing this like tailgate thing or this darty thing or we're having this party tonight. Do you want to come? And I just, I had stuff going on at Elon. My fraternity was doing stuff and I just go, yeah, you know, sure. I'll figure it out. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and about an hour later, I was like, I just like go to the people I was with at Elon. I was like, hey guys, I'm going to Chapel Hill. And they're like, oh, uh, okay, cool. <laughs> See you. All right. And then I would go and I would just go and do that. Honestly, or my decision to go to Europe with you was pretty spontaneous, even though it had been in there for a while. I remember there was just one day I called you because at first I was like, I don't know if I can. I called you. I was like, yeah, I'm in. Oh, let's do it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I remember that day. <laughs> so that, I was actually going to bring up Europe too. Yeah, really? Because it, this is a great example of how I think versus how you think just yeah. naturally. Uh-huh. Because even I had to make a conscious effort when we were in Europe to say, okay, it doesn't have to all be scheduled. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Besides the travel. Uh huh. I forced myself to say, Patrick, it's okay not to have a plan. <laughs> and I think the best example That's of this. so funny. Cause I didn't paint... care at all. Go. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm going to paint the picture. <laughs> okay. So we're driving through Switzerland. Or, or, so it's France. We're driving through France to Switzerland. Okay. To Mont Blanc. Jack is, exhausted because we had a long night in switzerland (laughs) but we're in the car it's cold we're both a little sleepy 
And all of a sudden, I look out the window and these guys are paragliding. I'm like, Jack, 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 look. He's like, whoa, that's so cool. We should do it. I'm like, what? <laughs> I remember that, like, yeah. I, I was like... I was half asleep. I was like, oh, okay. that's cool. That'd be fun to do. Yeah. And I was like, I that didn't even cross my mind as something we'd do. And I'm like, okay, he's he's just half asleep, whatever. Next day, or actually same day, we yeah. walk into the town after we got off the bus stop. And we're walking. He's like, hey, let's go find that... Uh, where they can do paragliding. I'm like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we get to the bottom of a ski lift and there's a paragliding station. And we get there and he said, okay, how much does it cost? What does it cost? It's like, oh my God, only 150 pounds? That's cheap or what we're thinking. We thought it was going to be anywhere from 500 to 1,000. That was my prediction. Yeah. I thought it was so going to be really like, expensive to do it. Let's do it now. I'm like, Shit. Okay. <laughs> we didn't end up doing it the same day, but we did the next day. <laughs> but the we only reason to... we did it was because the wind. They said you're going to have to do it tomorrow. It, we would have gone right up. I, yeah, that was my plan. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that is kind of that. That is how I am. Like that opportunity presented itself, and we were there, and it was and way dude, cheaper than I thought. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And that was one of the best experiences of the trip for sure, but probably one of the most memorable things I have in my life. And the reason I'm telling it in this way is like those things that you can just say, fuck it, I'm going to do it and I'll figure out if there's any consequences later are sometimes the best things in the world. Yeah. So I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more with that. Most, most times I've chosen to take risks or if, okay. Paraglide. I wasn't even thinking about the risk factor at all. That, that didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> Until we got, <laughs> which is kind of dumb <laughs> it is somewhat dangerous to do that um but yeah i but usually that's the stuff that pays off i don't know just wanted to do something i just have that urge sometimes to do something different and i would yeah i would just spontaneously do things and that's how i navigated all of college i would just walk around and do things <laughs> <laughs> walk around jackland yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I just I never had a schedule. Uh especially sometimes I thought I needed a social schedule of when I was gonna see certain people just because oh <laughs> I had like different people in different places. But yeah, I would just kind of show up and sometimes sometimes it could be too much spontaneity, sometimes too much flexibility. But I think overall it has added a lot of joy to my life as well. Yeah. So I think having for me, having that routine flexibility is great because I'm so type A and like, oh no, this has to be done this time and this time and this time. But if I expand my time horizon long enough, I can be like, okay, let's do the spontaneous thing right now because I know in a day or tomorrow in a week, I can still do this thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be done now, but i kind of want it to be done now for the opportunity to have a crazy experience. Yeah. And I th- I say to end it, I think one of the biggest things I've done spontaneous, like spontaneously is this podcast. Yeah. That was my probably spontaneous. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It probably, yeah, it was. It was pretty out of nowhere <laughs> when it started. And we, I had some experience 
work in the audio suite I had at my college. And that was it. And I remember you called me saying you wanted to do something. And I mean, we talk about this in our intro and all that stuff. But I basically just said, uh, yeah, you know, also, I, I love this well-rounded wealth idea. I've been thinking about just wanting to do a podcast at some point in my life. <laughs> um, yeah. What if we did that? And you were kind of, you just kind of said, yeah. Yeah. And now I, here I, we are. I was, I was a hundred percent in because that whole week was a week of, and where the whole idea came from is a week of, uh, I would say spontaneity for me. Cause I, I heard this thing and it's like, all right, screw it. No more investment banking. I'm starting a podcast. Don't know where the rest of my life is going. Here we go. <laughs> and yeah. There definitely is a too much spontaneity because I was like, fuck it, I'm going to invest in a real estate. And it didn't go well. Or, well, it didn't go poorly, but it didn't go as I wanted it to. But right. <laughs> so yeah. there's a balance between planning and having the the spontaneity. Totally. Right. And while in eight, nine months, whatever it's been at this point, since we started while it hasn't become this huge crazy podcast i'm really i'm so glad we decided to be spontaneous and start it and do something new and go on a journey even though we didn't really know what we're doing we still don't fully know what we're doing we're just we're just going at this and any which way possible and we've definitely learned how each other operate in very different ways sometimes too which has been really fun and and here we are, and we're making it work somehow. Yep. the A great quote I heard from someone I'm working with this week is, and more relates to business on building a business, but can apply to this as well and being spontaneous, is you're going to be building the plane as you're flying it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a decent way to look at it. Yeah. You're going to be the plane as you're flying it. That's so funny. Yeah. So. And I, I got nothing else to say. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I want no, to I say something clever or something a little, little cute way to end this. And I, 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 I was like, yeah, cool. Jack Mullen, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> just another, another, some sort of one liner. Just imagine I said something really clever and funny. That was, <laughs> that was just hilarious and witty. And you were like, Oh my God, Jack Mullen is hilarious and awesome <laughs> and with that insertion of the one-liner let's wrap it up um, all right yeah updates my mind's at a blank right now for our updates what's going on right now yeah don't really have anything new we are going to be again we've said this in the past but having guest on in 2024 we've obviously as you guys have heard with uh, our stories and, and journey with the podcast stuff has been bouncing around here and there and um we were planning on going weekly but we've decided to again postpone that till 2024 and until yeah. we're fully ready and because we want to be consistent and we want to be still providing the best kind of content we can and best deep conversations that we can um going into any of these episodes so leave us a likes on instagram youtube tiktok um spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you listen and we always love to hear any comments that you guys have to say so yeah like and follow also i really we really want to get the q a rolling 
and it will be rolling, I would say, in the next month. Um, but we'll we'll be looking for more engagement from y'all's end on it too. So if you guys do want it and have questions, just submit some questions, whether it's through where you're listening on the Q&A section in Spotify or Apple or DM us on our social media. If you guys do that, then we'll definitely start incorporating our Q&A section at the end of the videos. And then we can interact with you more, which is awesome. <laughs> There's Jack cute and witty response. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right. We will see you in the next one. All right. Peace. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye.